0: talking, so you need to get the 40 from him um, so uh, we're gonna pray right quick and we will uh, uh, um, worship God with our, our time of hearing the message this morning um, heavenly Father I pray that you be with me help me to uh, be faithful as I as I preach the word help me to um, help me to point to you over and over again and share your gospel Lord I pray that that above all else that that I would uh, point folks to Jesus this morning, that, that we would, um, in celebrating Christmas, celebrate the birth, um, death, and resurrection of, of your son, our Savior. Pray that you would uh, just be with us this morning, fill this place with your spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, if you are a small child, did, did we kick them out? I mean, did we send them to the nursery? Uh, <laughs> this would be the time to head for the nursery, or actually it was, no, it's now. No, I said small child. I said child, not just small. It's <laughs> – I totally love Marlene, and that is not me being mean. That is a running exchange. It's not a new thing. Really, really. Don't shake your fist at me. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So uh, – all right. To begin with, I will explain again. Like what, what we're doing for this series, Christmas is kind of a difficult um, – Time to preach because uh, how many of y'all have been to more than a few Christmas services in your life? Um, it is it is a time when when we celebrate the birth of Christ, the coming of Jesus. Um, but you're looking at you know probably eight chapters worth of text that are like solidly Christmassy. and and it is you know it is difficult to to preach Christmas in a way or to preach about Christ coming in a way that that um, That that takes a different angle, or that draws our attention in a new way, and so I'm doing my best every year to do this, to to come up with new ways to teach, new ways to like present information, so that so that you all get something out of it. Um, And and this year, as just kind of a whim, and it's Jeff's fault, I'm going to say, he he didn't know it's Jeff's fault, but it is Jeff's fault. Um, About two months ago, he started talking to me about this song, and he said, "Hey, I wrote this song. I'd like to do it during Christmas," and um, I said, "You know." that's a good idea for Christmas this year. I should let the worship leaders steer the sermon series. And like, because I know like Larry oftentimes will spend just hours praying about what he's going to, um, what he's going to do for Sunday morning. And I know there are a lot of our worship leaders that put a lot of effort and like, like really seek after the Holy Spirit, trying to pick the right music. And so this series has been, um, what they pick out as, as, um, significant to them, like as far as Christmas music goes. And, and I'm using them as illustration. I'm not singing. I'm not preaching on songs. I am preaching on the scriptures. But like, there's such a rich tradition in Christmas music of um, like scriptural depth. And, and so that's what we're doing. Um, real quick, uh, the, the if you didn't understand the lyrics, like this song, it's it's entitled "Angels Dancing." It's about um, it's about all of the celebration that goes into Christmas. Like the trees and the lights and the gifts and and like you go back to the the first Christmas and the angels singing and and worshiping in the heavens before the shepherds and like all of the the pageantry and how it all points back over and over again to Christ coming, Christ dying for our sins, Christ rising again and us gaining eternal life. Did I summarize it well? Um, It is a song literally over and over again um, pointing back to Jesus was born and all of this stuff, the angels, everything celebrates him. And I I was trying to, it's a good song, I really liked it, Um, and I I was trying to come up with a way to approach this, and I figured I'd start with this fella. Does anybody know who that is on the right? Nope, not St. Peter. Uh, He's a third century AD fella. Um, That is uh, St. Nicholas. Um, St. Nicholas, uh, the original St. Nicholas, was a bishop in a Greek city, uh, which is now part of Turkey, and and. He is famous uh, for supposedly performing a number of miracles. He's a Catholic saint. Um, there are all kinds of stories about him. Um, but uh, there are a couple things. He, he helped poor people. He um, protected children in, his, in his, uh, the pagan city he lived in. This is a scene from the Council of Nicaea. Does anybody else know this story other than maybe Jeremy who left? Oh, and Rose. Um, the fella who is standing next to St. Nicholas is a gentleman by the name of Arius. Um, the first church council was held because this guy Arius comes along and he takes several of the books that are part of the Bible now and he chops them up and changes parts of them and he says, hey, what if we make Christianity into a Roman mystery religion and it'll suddenly become super popular and the rest of the church gathered up and they said, hey, this Arius guy, we're kicking him out and they actually exiled him and, um, and excommunicated him and he was denounced completely. The big thing that he did, he tried to take Jesus out of the Trinity. He made Jesus like into a, uh, like a man is, is what he, what he did. And part of like this weird, like Gnostic pagan thing. Um, and in the middle of debate, cause this is a debate that lasted a long time, like, like, like weeks. And in the middle of the debate, it became so heated that St. Nicholas punched Arius in the face in the middle of the debate. Um, actually I think he slapped him more specific. Um, and so, uh, St. Nicholas, we all know like, eventually St. Nicholas developed into, you know, like Santa, right? And so, like, there are all these cool traditions that we, that we enjoy, all these cool things that we celebrate, all these cool things that are a part of modern Christmas, right? And, like, like I just want to point out, as your kids are driving you nuts, spanking them is part of, <laughs> 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 of the Christmas story, so, just FYI, if you want to go by all of that, this is an option. Um, the other thing with this is um, Saint Nicholas. The reason that he hit Arius was because he was so incensed at the fact that the guy was misleading people about who Jesus was. Um, Saint Nicholas, um, he helped he helped uh, he helped poor people. He helped um, children. He helped like he served folks because he was a man who was all about following Christ's teaching and glorifying god like his his major thing in life he was all about jesus and and it is a huge deal he was so much so all about jesus he punched a guy no that's not really a jesus thing but like he was so passionate about it um that that like it, it would you know it was it was a driving force in his life um the reason i'm talking about him as a starting point and this song draws draws it out really well there are all kinds of elements of christmas that become the main thing if we're not careful, isn't it true? Yeah. Um, like, like I, I, I love all of the stuff we do at Christmas. I especially love getting gifts. Um, I love, uh, I love, frosted cookies. I love. I mean, you name it, I love it. Um, but Christmas is about Jesus, right? Christmas is Jesus Christ, God Himself stepped into this world um, to draw us back into His presence. And it's easy to lose sight of that because there's so much cool stuff going on, right? Um, there's so many cool songs, and there's so much cool, like, like parties and gifts and trees and lights and, and Santa and, and everything else. But it's always, always, always has to come back to Christ. Um, we're going to talk specifically about um, angels today because the song uh, like, like drew out this idea. But I, I want to present this idea because angels serve a specific purpose. Um, in our series so far, I kind of touched on that. I'm going to talk about angels a little bit this week. Um, angels are these these beings that God created um, before the world, right? Like before the world existed, angels were made, right? And angels have basically two main functions. Um, they worship God and they like – do stuff for him so they like sometimes act as his mouthpiece or as his messengers or they go and they take care of a problem for him uh that's a sodom and gomorrah story like take care of a problem in the old gangster movie kind of way um like like the angels they had this purpose of being like sort of these these folks that surrounded god and did his will or worshipped him um and we see more angels in the christmas story than almost anywhere else in the scriptures Right, Because this is a moment when God himself steps into the world. And if angels, since before the world existed, angels worshiped God and sang about him and stood in his presence, it only makes sense that these guys would show up when Jesus, like God himself, steps into the world. That makes sense, right? And so we're going to draw out some of the basics of these, these Christmas, um, the original like like coming of Christ stories and some of the, the angel moments. And we're going to talk about these today. Um, and hopefully I'm not going to mess it up too bad. Um, but we're going to start in Isaiah, which is not in the New Testament. Um, Isaiah, in the very beginning of his book, he has this great moment. Um, in the year that King Isaiah died, who was one of the kings of uh, Judah, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, which are angels. each with six wings. Uh, With two wings, they covered their faces. With two wings, they covered their feet. And with two wings, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And so um, we're going to do a little more of this passage, but I'm going to pause there and talk about this a second. So Isaiah walks into the temple, and he has a vision. He sees God in the temple, and there are angels there, and they're like... Part of this, he's got a group of angels flying around him while he's there on his throne, and they're singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, um, and his glory fills the world. Um, Holy, 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 that's a really repetitive thing. It's a cool song, um, but it is very repetitive. The reason that it's said three times um, is that it, like in ancient Hebrew, like the way that the, the ancient Hebrews talked to each other, to repeat something three times was to indicate that it was perfect and the most important thing. Um, and so when we talk about God, you know, who God is, God is holy above all else, meaning he is set apart and he's different and he is special and he is pure and he is glorious and awesome. Um, sometimes I have explained it this way. Um, my wife is, is holy to me, right? She is set apart. Um, she belongs to me, right? Like, like nobody else gets to look at her kind of thing. Like she's mine. Um, holy means set apart and special, right? Not for common use. And, and God himself is holy. He is pure and good and different than the creation. He is all-powerful. He always was, always will be. Um, his holiness is his number one attribute. Um, his purity, his, his, his goodness um, is his number one attribute. And the whole world is filled with his glory. Um, meaning that everything in the creation, like, reflects him. By the way, if you want a good example of this, um, at about seven fifteen, seven thirty tomorrow morning, got it? Or do it Christmas morning is actually probably better. Go for a walk around Big Sandy. Walk to the very edge of town and stand there on the fence and just wait about 20 minutes and watch, because what's going to happen is the sun's going to come up over the bear paws And, like, this is the time of year when the sun rises and the mountains and everything else. They are amazing. And you can stand there and watch it happen. You can look over and see the people around you. Eric will be down there somewhere. And you can say, God made this. This reflects God's glory. This reflects God's awesomeness. It is beautiful. It is wonderful. It is amazing. Um, And God's wonder is so much that something somewhere must constantly worship him. Um, Christ, when he was entering Jerusalem for the first time and people were calling out, like praising him and the Pharisees were like, Hey, stop this. Don't let these people praise you. And he says, Hey, if they weren't praising me, the rocks themselves would start crying out and worshiping me. Um, because God is so wonderful that, um, that, that response is necessary. It is required, um, to kind of work through this. There's a lot of text we're going to go through today. I'm not going to dig all of it out so carefully um but just to kind of explain angels exist for the purpose of reflecting God's glory angels exist for the purpose of pointing out and singing about God's glory and how amazing and awesome and beautiful and wonderful and holy he is like that is their purpose um at the sound of their voice of their voices the doorsteps and the thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, and he had t- uh, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. Uh, with it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. Um, God's holiness is so... Powerful. It's like a burning fire, by the way. Like His Holiness is is a consuming fire, almost. Like it it, it purifies the way fire purifies, All right? I got an old iron iron pan. Do y'all anybody ever had an iron pan, a skillet? They're wonderful, aren't they? So I I got this thing at a garage sale years ago, and I was trying to figure out how do you scrub the first layer of garbage off it, because like it was obvious nobody had ever washed it before, and apparently you don't wash these things. And I I was talking to my in-laws. I said, what do I do with this thing? How do I clean it? And they said, build a big fire in your backyard and huck it in and then walk away. And it'll be clean when it's done. You may have to hose it off, but like the fire will purify it. That's God's holiness. It consumes and cleans. Now I know you never wash pans, Um, not just iron ones, none. Um, (laughs) Food only tastes better. Um, Anyway. Uh, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. Um, so the angels go, and they do this job for God. Like, they serve his work. They announce for him. They do these things. Um, so heads up, like, this is what angels do, right? Um, it's easy to talk about angels as though they are something to be worshipped, as though they're something to be idolized, as though they're something to be, you know, uh, you know oh, put up on a pedestal, my angel, and all this. Like, angels Angels are like St. Nicholas, right? They point to Jesus. They are not Jesus. They point to the main idea. They are not the main idea. If you get those things confused, you get into trouble. Everybody with me still? Everybody still awake? Um, wow, we're running long. Uh, so we're going to jump to Luke 1. Uh, in this time, or in the time of, king Herod, or of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. Uh, His wife, Elizabeth, was also a a descendant of Aaron. Both were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive. And they were both very old. Once, when when Zachariah's division was on duty, he was serving as priest before God. He was chosen by Lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for burning incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. So um, Zechariah was a priest. He had once in a lifetime he would get to go into the temple and perform a rite. Once in a lifetime, right? And actually, it's once in a lifetime... He would have the opportunity to maybe go into the temple and do his job. Like, this is a really exclusive club. And so he is in the temple. Most folks didn't get to go into the temple ever. So Zechariah is in there. He is doing his job. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. And he will go before the Lord in the spirit of power and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedience to the wisdom and the righteousness uh, to make ready the people prepared for the Lord. So um, an angel shows up and tells Zachariah, hey, your wife's like, I mean, 80, and she's going to have a baby. And I mean, what's he doing? Messenger, right? That's it. He's the messenger. He shows up. He speaks on God's behalf. He says, hey, something huge is coming. Something to celebrate. People are going to be excited. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be this great thing. And like your son, this son that we're going to give you, even though you shouldn't be able to have a son at this point, he is going to glorify God. He is going to bring people back to God. That is going to be amazing. Um, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? By the way. Like, he's standing before a messenger of God. He says, well, wait a minute. Can you prove this to me? Like, it it always blows my mind how God picks people. (laughs) How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and and my wife is well along in years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens. Because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Um, There's the last thing the angel says. Uh, and so like the long and short of it is, hey, Gabriel, I stand before God himself. Now understand um, We we see in the scriptures the idea that nobody can see God and live. Like angels stand in God's presence are in the presence of his holiness. They are designed for this specific purpose, right? Like they exist within God's presence. This is a huge, huge deal. And the fact that like this guy says to him, like he he draws a punishment for it and he's not able to talk, which um, there's a sermon I preached on this ages ago, uh, like three or four years ago um, in the Christmas series. Um, the specific stuff that happens here actually like points to Christ and his coming work. Um, I'm not going to get into it cause I don't have time this morning. Um, but the long and short of it, like this angel comes and he sets up this great stuff. Like he announces he has God's voice because his job is to point to Jesus, right? When the angels show up, um, in these stories, they show up specifically to point to Jesus, um, and I'm going to say this. You're going to hear me say it a bunch of times today, right? You walk in your door today after church. You say, "Man, that Eric never stops talking," right? And you look around at the Christmas decorations and you think about the gifts and everything else. All of those things exist to point to Jesus, right? We celebrate Christmas because Christ came. We celebrate Jesus because, or Christmas because Christ, like. Bridge the gulf between us and God, a gulf that we could never climb up on our own. Let um, will skip ahead a little bit. Oh. Um, in the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, uh, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. So an angel shows up to uh, Mary and and announces something pretty positive about him, her. And what is the positive thing? Like, you are greatly favored because you're going to be the mother of Christ. God himself is going to live in your house. It is coming. The, the day is here. Like, you are blessed. Um, To me, be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. So, what does the angel do? He announces. He points to Christ. Um, he does God's basic work in the world, right? And actually, this is a big one. I mean, like showing up and announcing, "Hey, hey, hey! God's coming. You're going to have a baby. The baby is going to be the Son of God. He's going to save His people. This is Emmanuel. He is here. The time is now. This is it." But the angel points to Christ over and over again, folks. Christmas is fun, right? Anybody thinking about the Christmas shopping they haven't finished yet? Anybody? <laughs> no, everyone's done. Um, anybody thinking about all of the fun? I mean, there's so much stuff to do, right? I bet nobody under the age of 18 in the room is thinking about anything other than I have another week and a half to do nothing and sleep late, right? Um, like all these wonderful things we get to think about. But at the end of the day, what it all boils down to, like we have this time to spend, like celebrating Christ coming. Like this exists for the purpose of Jesus. It exists for the purpose of drawing us into God's presence, for the purpose of saving us from our sins. Like this is amazing. Angels, their whole purpose in the story is this. Um, It always, if you go to my house on our tree, we have angels and we have, Things the, kid made, the kids made and everything else. And every time I look at them, I try to stop and I try to think, the angels announced this stuff, right? Like they are here. We remember. We celebrate. This is all about Christ. It is all about Christ. Um, Matthew one eighteen 18 to 24, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, um, but before they came together, meaning while she was still a virgin, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Um, but after the Lord had considered this, an angel, or, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, "Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife." Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Um, Why am I including this one? I'm including this one very specifically to point out again like, I'm going to hit every angel moment in, in this story, and they are all about, about oh, Jesus. They're all about announcing Christ. They're all about celebrating Christ. They're all about, um, it all boils down to this over and over again. Joseph awoke, and he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him to. Um, doubled that one. Um, so Jesus is born, um, and the very next moment we see, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. I always want to do an impression on Linus when I read this passage. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Um, Announcement, right? And not just any announcement. This is a birth announcement. This is like, like, you know, this is the ultimate birth announcement. This isn't that annoying YouTube trend. This is like a representative of God Himself lighting up the night sky like it was day and saying, "The Savior's here. Go look. Get out there. You know, go celebrate. It's time. Do this." Um, pointing to Christ. Pointing to the gift we receive. Pointing to the Savior of our, you know, of God's people, pointing to the man who would one day carry the weight of our sin so we could be forgiven. Um, Suddenly, a company. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Um, So the very next thing the angels do is they show up in mass, and the the greatest choir concert in history happens, right? Nathan and I were talking about this a few weeks ago uh, with the drummer boy, you know, like the idea of standing in God's presence and performing a song is, like, terrifying. I mean, it kind of is, right? I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I would want to do that. And I sing pretty badly, so that's a part of the deal. But these are angels that stood before the creator of the universe and sang and sang his glory because most of what the angels do night and day since forever is sing God's glory. Um, They point back to him over and over and over and over and over again, since forever and until forever. This is what the angels do. Um, And this is what Christmas is about. It is about Christ. It is pointing to Christ. Um, I once read, and I know this isn't a part of the original, like, reason for it, but I think it's interesting. Christmas trees are like a giant arrow, right? I mean, think about it. What are they pointing upward, right? Like, Like at the end of the day, Christmas is about Christ. It's about celebrating Christ. It's about remembering Christ. Um, Last verse, and then I will kind of seal up this idea. Um, It's a very simple sermon, very simple idea, guys. Everything we do right now needs to be about Christ. When we talk about the the angels, when we talk about gifts, when we talk about Santa, when we talk about all of this stuff, it is always about Christ. When we live out Saint Nicholas's um, traditions. We, we remember this is about Christ, always about Christ. Um, so Revelation 19, this is at the very end of the world. Uh, then a voice, this is John having a vision of heaven. Then a voice from, from the throne saying, pray, or then a voice came from the throne saying, praise our God, all of you his servants. You who fear him, both great and small. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, like loud loud peals of thunder, shouting, Hallelujah, for the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and the bride has made herself ready. Fine linen and clean... Fine. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given to her to wear. Why am I finishing with this verse? First off, it demonstrates is what angels do. They sing and they praise and everything else. But it ends with them praising the fact that Christ clothes the church in white. Like he makes us clean and pure and holy and acceptable to God. Like like, there's more celebrating in heaven when a sinner repents than when 99 don't need to. Right? That's uh, from the parable of the lost, uh, the lost sheep. Um, what's it about? The angels celebrate when people are saved. The angels celebrated when Christ was born. The angels celebrate when God is glorified, over and over and over again. Um, yesterday, I I had a great gift I received. Um, probably I don't I don't know maybe not the best gift of the year but it's going to be up there. I uh, I I I'm a big fan of things. Y'all know this. Like I I find things and I enjoy them. I love, you know, I'll pick a movie or a book series, and I just, I learn everything about it. I try to be a part of it. I see every movie, everything. Um, my wife and I, our favorite restaurant in Great Falls is uh, Roadhouse Diner, and we've been going there for years. I, I've had almost every special they've ever served. We love the place. Um, they were shorthanded. I got to go work there yesterday, and so I got to go, and I worked an eight-hour shift bussing tables, and it was cool. Uh, it was really cool because I got to see the kitchen, and I got to hang out and watch them cook stuff. And I got to smell the food as it was cooking. And actually, there were a couple times I was standing there, and I could smell something. I'd stick my head back, and I'd be like, hey, is that what you're making? And I'd like, yeah, that's it. You know, I could smell it. I know what that is. Like, I'm that guy. And so I had this whole fanboy experience enjoying this restaurant. And I know the I know the dishwasher's name now. Like... <laughs> And, and the and the food prep guy like it was awesome i got to meet everybody back there and i sit around i listened to them talk while they were cooking and i got to see them experimenting with what the special would be next week and i mean it was it was a ton of fun for me right um but the reason i started going to this place um i really like the food like if i were to suddenly make going to this restaurant all about the line staff the guys who were cooking would that make sense If I made every moment of going to this restaurant about how much I enjoy the waitresses and the waiters. They say both because my wife might murder me. Um, (laughs) But if I made my whole experience about like this or about how neat it is that, you know, they've got like certain kinds of art hanging up in the walls in the back or, um, you know, or whatever. Like if I made it all about those things, that would be insane. Why? Because it's a restaurant. (laughs) Like, it is a restaurant. At the end of the day, like, the thing that I get and experience and enjoy is this. Everything else is icing on the cake. Um, Angels, Christmas trees, gifts, tinsel, lights, um, Kenyon's house, um, every other aspect of Christmas that we look forward to in Christmas every year, all of it. It's about the one thing. And if we make it about anything else, 110% about anything else or 90% about anything else or 10% about anything else, we lose sight of what matters. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus was born. He was born to save you. He was born so you could know God. Um, My challenge for you, and I know this is a one-note sermon. I keep hitting this note over and over again, but I can't think of a better thing to talk about. Um, And it's not that I can't think of anything else to talk about. Everybody knows that's not true. I can't think of a better thing to talk about going into Christmas, guys. You walk out the door. You start figuring everything out for the coming days. You look forward to people coming or you dread people coming or do whatever. Guys, Jesus came for you. Like, praise God, Jesus came for you. Um, Jesus died for you. Jesus saved you. Jesus saved, like, the unacceptable and the dirty and the filthy and the sinful and, and you, um, and me, like, let's celebrate that. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. I pray that you be with us this morning. I pray that you help us to glorify you over and over and over again in this Christmas season. Help us to remember that that this Christmas, you know, angels are dancing and worshiping you and celebrating the coming of Christ. Um, help us to do the same thing. Um, help us to to remember that every little tradition, every little little thing we do is all about celebrating Christ's coming. And Lord. All of it can barely hold a candle to what we'll experience when we stand before you and we celebrate. Um, we celebrate your Son. We celebrate His His glory in saving us. In Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Have a good Sunday or Christmas Eve.